Um, Sarah hates it when we begin the show like this. Um, maybe we should start it in. I don't, as like, I don't what hate you it. Not I just been think drinking. It's funny. I think it's funny. Like, uh, I, do you think like if somebody came in and had just started listening to the show and they were listening to episodes back to back, they were they'd be like, oh fuck, she's drinking tea. Okay, we know. <laughs> Uh, I am drinking. You you can't change it up and lie like each time. You should be like, I'm drinking uh, sriracha. Well, I, I, I'm drinking <laughs> sriracha. Yeah. Uh, I will say I did like I brought I brought my vintage teacup out today um, because I, it felt very Tammy Faye. Uh, so I went with the see, vintage. I teacup. tried to put on a lot of mascara. Oh my but God, Sarah, I would love if you would try to Tammy Faye. I would love it so much. Oh, that is a lot of mascara for you, actually. It's mascara, but it's like, it doesn't But it's even, not even Tammy tell. Faye. It's not enough. It's not enough. I, f- I feel like you would have had to put on very serious fake eyelashes to even fake get eyelashes. close to Tammy Faye. And like um, the glitter streaks right here. Possibly. I That was in fucking insane. I don't want to spend this whole show talking Sorry. about her makeup, but it's very yeah. difficult not to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, welcome to the Feminine Mistake Podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. And today we have our returning guest, actor, writer, and director, Brandon Mitchell. Welcome, Brandon. Hello. Yay. I'm so excited to be here. Nice to see you. Yes. Welcome back. This is your third time guesting with us, right? Yeah, so it is. And what's, you did, it's funny because um, it's usually around Halloween, but this is not a. Sabrina, we're not no. talking about a, a scary movie this time. Well, what did it could we be talk scary? About the first two times. So I know one of the times was Sabrina. Suspiria. Was, we're both. Oh, Suspiria. Suspiria was. The, in fact, we were singularly witch focused for some time, um, and and now this is our first non witch movie. Um, oh so, uh, but yeah, it, it, listeners, wow. we're actually recording this in October. Hey, I man, I got a lot to say about Tammy Faye. I got so much to say. Uh, usually, listeners, we record a little closer when the episode comes out, which this one is coming out to you in November. Uh, but we wanted to record it really fresh. And The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is today's movie, uh, was only in theaters for like a week. Like we had to rush to get our shit together to watch this. Um, but I feel like it was worth it. It was worth it. It was so it worth was. it. Yeah, so we're recording it. in October, uh, which is the time we usually record uh, with with Brandon. But usually, we're doing some kind of witchy movie that's scary for October. <laughs> well, I at, well at first too, I saw the poster of it, and for some reason, thought I was like, "Is this a scary movie?" Because that poster of her face just is like it, yeah, scary, scary it's, clown, you know. But it is Tammy yeah. Faye, yes, mm-hmm. but um, completely different. So I'm not a. I didn't see the poster. Oh, you should look it up. It's pretty cool. I should have downloaded it. Do you want me to put it? Do you want me to screen share it? Yes, please. Uh, yeah, let me pull up the Eyes of Tammy Faye poster. Uh, you know, we can do that now, uh, Brandon, because we're recording this virtually and I can just uh, pull up anything on my computer oh, anytime we right. want. I know, Fancy. right? Fancy I know. We've techno- I actually do have some visual aids tonight, you guys. Just so you know, I did pull up some visual aids. So let me see. Ooh, there it is. There's that poster. Gorgeous. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about the eyes of Tammy. F- oh, that's a shitty copy of that. Let me find a better one. Um, uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, the movie we're talking about is The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And uh, wow, it's actually surprisingly hard to find a good 
high quality version of this poster, you guys. I'm not going to lie. Um, there we go. Maybe that's okay. I got, I got one. I got one. Um, the eyes of Tammy Faye, which we were determined, uh, to watch, um, despite the fact that it was in a pretty limited release. I was actually shocked at how limited the release was. I don't know about you guys, but for some reason I was like, what do you mean? I can't just stream it. Um, exactly. Exactly. Very limited. They used, I'm sorry, go ahead, Brent. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, but it was nice because we got, um, you know, I managed to get my my husband out on a date and we were the oh, only nice. ones in the theater, you know, so I was like, let's see it. And it, and it you know, it was a good movie too, but yeah, we were the only ones in there and I kept waiting. I was like, is somebody going to come? We're going to get somebody in. There's um, another poster I found. Oh, that's yeah? Her, like doing the. Oh, the yes. Sky ba- 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 background. Okay. Like gilded. Oh, oh, interesting. You know, that might be from the documentary because there's a documentary called The Eyes of Tammy Faye. It's her. Maybe it's that's the Je- one that I Je- saw. Je- oh, it's Jessica, Jessica Chastain. Chastain. Well, this is the one I thought you were thinking of, Brandon, which the poster we're looking at, listeners. Uh, of course, if you want to see our faces and or this visual aid, you can watch our uh, vidcast of this podcast on uh, Critical Crop Tops YouTube channel. Uh, but we're looking at uh, Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye. Uh, just sort of a little bit of her face, mostly covered her hands, covering her face and sort of like looking she's down. Yeah, like she's crying or she's like, I don't know, embarrassed or something. Mm-hmm. Um, there's yeah. a lot going on in this poster. I absolutely love movie posters that say a lot with a little. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a real challenge. Yeah. Uh, and then all that is the the um, that's is that the documentary the do- the, the the doc. Yes, let me show show okay. you what, what I found. Oh, okay. So let me stop the screen share, Sarahs. We're going to be trading visual aids tonight. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. That one's very campy, it feels like. So, listeners, this one is like Tammy Faye and like, yeah, it's like a gilded frame with like a heaven-like sky behind her. And she's just like coming out of the frame with like her arms mm-hmm. open wide. Um, I think I prefer the other poster. It's a lot yeah, more... It's more real. Real and I grounded and I think... Um, I think yeah. we can talk about maybe like what is the tone of this movie? That's something I certainly would like to talk about. Um, but I guess before we do get into the eyes of Tammy Faye, what have you guys been watching? Uh, uh, Brandon, I know you said you've been watching some stuff. Yeah, I've watched, uh, we just finished the second season on HBO, The Other Two, which is about- Oh, what is that? Um, there is a, it's a family and it has, um, oh my gosh, uh, I'm going to have to look her up real quick. Uh, from Saturday Night Live, she plays the mother, but there are- she has three kids and the mm-hmm. youngest kid is a teenager and he became like an internet sensation. I know what you're talking about. Molly Shannon. Molly and Shannon. She, yes. You. I've seen, I, I saw a couple clips of this and I'm very intrigued by it. I'd love to hear more. So you like, you like this show. It's so good. Yeah. I, it was so funny because you're really watching the brother and the sister, the older brother and sister, because right. they've been trying to, he's been trying to become an actor mm-hmm. and, you know, she has just been trying to find herself and it's like, and the youngest uh, brother becomes like an internet sensation. Right. Mm-hmm. And then he's like the yeah. famous one and they're the other two. And that's where the name of the exactly. show so comes from. The yeah. two, and the mother, uh, you know, Mo- played Pat, by Molly Shannon. By Mo- Molly Shannon is hilarious. Yeah. And she decides and she's like this overbearing talk show mother. Right. Isn't that kind of her character? She ends up, yeah, she ends up getting a talk show okay, because she okay. decides this is the year I'm going to say yes because you learn about oh, like okay. their father, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she has like a, at the end of the first season I think is when she gets her talk show and she's okay. just going and going and going 
And the the situations that they get involved in are just it's just hilarious. But it's so good okay. because it's almost like something really good happens, but they always fuck it up. Nice, <laughs> you know? isn't that always the way? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but it's really good. So I highly recommend that. And my other favorite, which we just finished, is Ghosts on Ooh. the uh, BBC. Uh, it's okay. English, or it's um, I think it's also on HBO. Okay. Um, but it's a BBC, and it's about. Uh, a couple that move into this house that they inherit and she ends up hitting her head and then she can see the ghosts <gasps> that live there and they're Ooh. all different going all the way back to like a caveman. So a caveman you know, ghost. That's new. So it's, it's hilarious. I highly recommend it because oh, it's hilarious. Only six episodes oh, because it's, um, because know, it's British. British yeah. I love those British series, man. They really compact that story and they're like six episodes and we're done. Yeah. Sarah's shaking her head. I can't tell if it's because you don't like British TV. TV. You don't I like do it. I do not like British TV. What about Cuckoo, right. though? We liked Cuckoo. No, you didn't like, you not, like, didn't like Cuckoo? Not compared to American t- 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 okay. TV. It's not sophisticated. K- K- uh, no offense to Oh, British, wow. Uh, that's, I don't know. Like, it's just. It's, shots fired. I, I know. I'm sorry. I would try, it's, it's, I would try um, this, though. Farcical, almost. It's like. Okay, it's so you not, just don't like the tone of it. You don't like it as too goofy. But what about a British, British drama? Movie. Like a British drama, would that so be like... I did see a mini series that I loved. It mm-hmm. was... Uh, and then there were none. Okay. Um, that was amazing. Yeah. So I guess I guess I don't like British You're comedy. Not, you don't like comedy. Got it. Okay. Got it. Okay. Interesting. It's good. Well, here, what I just saw is that CBS is making a version of Ghosts. See, just like I just like, with, why do we need like to... They did with Office. Why do you know, we need Office, to do that? They did that here. It's like, I saw that yesterday that someone posted. And I was like, why are you... It's almost the same sort of characters. I'm like, why are you... Are you just going to remake this? Just watch the British one. That's what they do. Hilarious. And it's just like, it's silly now. The streaming shows have proven that people like shows that are not just American, that aren't American shows. Like people will watch all kinds of stuff and we don't need to remake everything. I will everything. say I love the American office. I love it. It went in yep. so many different directions that the British office, because the British office only was one season, only a mm-hmm. few, few a, a, a episodes. And also mm-hmm. it was shot in a very interesting, strange way. Like there were no mm-hmm. close-ups. It was shot as if being observed from afar. Yeah. It, they really took that like voyeur camera to like yeah. a, the next level. Well, awesome. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, those You're sound welcome. really good. Um, I have been spending my time when not watching movies for this podcast or the Adam and Andy podcast, I have been playing a star Wars game on my VR headset. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, so I don't, I know this isn't a podcast about video games, but if you're, uh, if you are a fan of, I, look, here's the thing. I have never been a big video game person. Like we had an Atari when I was growing up and I had a Sega Genesis and I was really into video games when I was a kid, but I'm just, I've never been like a big video game person. It's just like, I think I don't have the attention span to like finish it, but a Star Wars game that is in VR where it's like, I am now a character in Star Wars, living in Star Wars. Like I could just live there. Like I don't want to do anything else, (laughs) but play the Star Wars game. It's called uh, Tales from Galaxy's Edge. And it's like you're like a droid repair person who's like going around. It's like a questing type game. You're like picking up trinkets and rescuing C-3PO. And like at one point you get to play like IG-88, this like, um, you know, bounty hunter droid from the Mandalorian and uh, Empire Strikes Back. And you like go into a like 
uh, mob headquarters and have to bust up the place. And like, it's really fun. Um, there's a few like Jedi side stories and it's just, um, it's gorgeous. The setting is gorgeous. Everything is beautiful to look at with the headset on. And I just want to, I want to leave R and live in VR. That's really what I want to do. Sarah's like, Sarah's uh, like, Ugh. I would not want to live there. Listen, no, Sarah, you haven't played my VR headset yet, have you? We've been no. talking about that, but we haven't done it yet. No, yeah, no, we it's haven't. awesome. It's I'm awesome. telling like you, Sarah. And yeah, Brandon and I have Star the same Wars. thing. Huh? My face is about Star Wars, not oh, about because I'm VR. talking yeah, about yeah. Star Wars again. <laughs> Sarah has uh, compartmentalized our Star Wars discussion to only. In December, on the Adam and Andy podcast, when we talk about the sequel no. trilogy, I'm not allowed to talk about Star Wars unless we're talking about it on the Adam and Andy podcast. <laughs> you're allowed to. I don't want to make it seem like you're not allowed to. I'm just jo- I'm just te- 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 teasing you. Yeah. Well, uh, and I appreciate you putting up with my uh, shit when it comes to Star Wars. Uh, but I will say I this: love Star Wars. I know you do. Um, yeah. I think that. Uh, I'm looking forward to you testing out my VR headset, Sarah, because I don't know about you, Brandon, but there are actually movies and things that you can watch in VR, like on the VR headset. There aren't a lot, but I'm really interested to see like where the form goes because it presents an interesting challenge because when you're watching something in VR, it's literally all around you. And usually when you're watching a film, the editor tells you where to look. Like I cut to this, Mm -hmm. I cut to that. Uh, or lighting draws your eye. And in VR, they have to draw your attention with sound or like, or what you're looking at in front of you has to be as equally important as what's behind you. And then uh, if you choose not to look behind you, you maybe you can watch it again the second time and catch new things. I don't know if you've had that experience, Brandon, but I'm just really fascinated with the problems that presenting a narrative story in VR present when you cannot tell the audience where to look. As easily. Yeah, it's because you've got to figure out, you have to start thinking, well, in that 360, you know, if they turn around and look here, what are they going to see? Mm-hmm. What's this whole world going to be? And mm-hmm. then is if, if something going to be missed, if you look so at it here, stressful. will the story keep going? You know, will they be lost or whatever if you're watching? And it's like, well, you didn't look behind you to see that this was happening. So now you have no idea. And then just, yeah. the, just the filming aspect of it. Mm-hmm. of how you film in 360 and why like and why tell a story that way do it and then edit it all together mm-hmm. you know i don't know how the editor that, that i mean i've falls s- into your realm a little bit if somebody's like here uh, i mean i've never <laughs> edited both, anything in vr together in, in 360 oh, well okay. for one thing you got to stitch uh the camera angles all together mm-hmm. to make the 360 but um what, I've seen it done a different couple different ways where like it, there's a part of the every everything's black, but one part of the image and it shows you that and then that starts to fade away and sound will draw your attention over here and then another thing will fade up. So I've seen it done that way. But I've also seen a, a video by Run the Jewels where the whole is always and the whole thing is 360 the whole time. And if I'm looking at, in, ahead of me, I'm seeing part of the story. But if I look behind me, there's other stuff going on. And so I could watch that video a couple of times and get a different, uh, not a different story, but different parts of the story. So that's interesting, too. Uh, Sarah, you seem very stressed out by My the idea OCD of this. is protecting. <sighs> You're like, like I, I will never do this. Right now. <laughs> I know. I know. No, uh, but I mean, I'm even stressed out by 360 photos you know when people post mm. like 360 and you have to like move the photo to see the different yeah. sides i'm just You're like, like ah i can't I'm uh, sure but yeah. used to it. 
uh, yeah, I mean, I mean I, overwhelming for some I people. I have to get used to stuff. Too much. Well, Sarah, I won't make you watch any 360 movies when I've put the headset on you, but I think you would enjoy at least trying it out. It's like very yeah. uh, interesting sort of being immersed in a completely fabricated world. Um, and uh, I don't know about you, Brandon, but it was my solace during the pandemic to escape reality and just be in my VR headset as much as possible. <laughs> Uh, that was the height of my VR obsession was during the pandemic for sure. That's when we got those yeah. headsets. Did you read? I mean, it was, on your it, VR? it's very fun to to use. Uh, I haven't. Yeah, uh, I haven't read any fic on my VR uh, headset, Sarah. To answer your question, I think reading would be tough. Uh, but yeah. I do watch all the movies that I all the mo- all my movies I watch on VR in VR now because that you can watch it like in a fake movie theater and it looks honestly i've gone to the movies lately and been like "Ooh, this isn't as good as my vr headset because <laughs> the projection is so good because the image is so good it's like this high quality image it's you're completely immersed in it you look like you're like in a fake theater um, anyone talking too loud, loudly or on their cell phone no it's kind of creepy like i'm talking specifically about the amazon prime interface like other ones like aren't don't look as good but amazon prime you're i don't know about if you've been in there brandon in the amazon prime like theater mm-hmm. uh but it, it's like stadium seating they got the little lights down the side it looks like you're in a theater but you're the only one there it's completely empty both put on a vr headset would i be able to sit next to you no, I we Chris and I really would like to do that. I or maybe I don't think so. Maybe you could if we had a different account. But when Chris and I, this is going to sound so weird, but Chris and I watched a movie together on the VR headset, uh, and we sat on the couch next to each other. But we you couldn't we couldn't see each other in the theater, the fake theater. Mm-hmm. So we just like touched our hands so that we knew mm-hmm. the other person was there. But it's yeah. like touching a hand that isn't that is disembodied because there's no person next to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's still some some limitations with that because yeah. you can you know you can have friends and stuff and you can play like Beat Saber and things like that with them, but mm-hmm. then they're not really with them. You can just talk to them, you know, their audio, but they're not actually. There are some games where you could be characters together. Why don't we play games, games together, yeah. Brandon? We have to find out which ones. Um, you know, support. I wish you could play Journey of the Gods with me and help me get rid of that Kraken. Oh my gosh. Yes. That would be awesome. Oh, all right. (laughs) I feel like I've talked about video games enough. I probably, several listeners are probably like, oh, why? Um, but seriously, VR, it's fun. Uh, I'm dig it. Um, so shall we talk about this movie? Everybody ready to talk about the eyes of Tammy Faye? Um, okay, so before we get into it, I'd like to hear everybody's sort of, I guess, experience. Usually we talk about our experience with the movie prior to the podcast, but in this case, I feel like it extends to like your understanding of or experience or knowledge of Tammy Faye Baker uh, as a person uh, going into this movie. Um, uh, let's start with our guest, Brandon. So anything you kind of came into this movie with that you brought with you into the theater, virtual or otherwise? really the only thing I brought in was I knew, I, I knew Tammy Faye mm-hmm. was, you know, part of the tan- televangelist and that she wore a lot of makeup and yeah. kind of made fun. And I knew a inkling a very little bit about her support of the LGBTQ community, okay. but not that much, but really it was like, all I know is she's just a, you know, Jim Baker's wife wears mm-hmm. a lot of makeup was mm-hmm. very big and people would make fun of her. You know, that was really about it. I didn't know much about her yeah. the story at all. I mean, we grew up when this was going on. 
Uh, but I was a very small child uh, or young enough that I didn't really watch the news. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I get, I, I hear that. Uh, Sarah, what about you? Did you have any kind of knowledge of Tammy Faye Baker going into this movie? So I was born in 88. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went up by the time I was conscious, my I learned about her from stories from my mom because mm-hmm. my mom was really like anti televangelist mm-hmm. who steal money from people. Like, mm-hmm. So was, that, that was yeah. her store story was like the Jim and Tam- Tammy Faye mm-hmm. basically committed fraud. And, and mm-hmm. it was always a, a package deal. Like it was always like Jim and Tam- Tam- would Tam- go together. Yeah. Tammy Faye. It wasn't like Jim did, did it. He went to jail and Tammy Faye was just like, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, so when I saw this film, I didn't know that that there was like a separation there. Um, Mm -hmm. And so all I know is basically bad things. My mom said about that. So, so uh, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like a lot of uh, negative impressions of Tammy Faye, which I think is pretty accurate in terms of the way she's been. uh, Her legend has been in the media. Uh, My experience, Brandon is very similar to yours. I, I was a child in the 1980s when Tammy, when Jim Baker went to jail Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you remember that montage in the movie where they show all the shots of people making fun of Tammy Faye Baker like on like Saturday Night Live and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, there's like a montage of like the mascara and Jane Jane Hooks on SNL is like wearing the the ma- the mascara is like running. That's what I remember of Tammy Faye Baker from my childhood is like everyone making fun of her makeup, uh, everyone making fun of her crying, uh, Jim Baker going to jail. Um, I didn't know much about her as a person. My house, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get around to talking about religion eventually. It's unavoidable in this film, I think. Uh, we were, I was not raised in a household that we didn't go to church. It wasn't, I wasn't a very, I wasn't raised in a very religious household that my mother uh, grew up Catholic. So religion was very important to her, but uh, we were not raised with any particular religion. In fact, I used to watch the televangelists on uh, in the morning on the weekends when I was a kid, because I, I didn't really understand uh, what they were. And I, I remember I grew up in Georgia and everybody went to church and I didn't go to church. And I was like, I, should I be going to church? Am I missing out on something? I feel like all these, everybody has this thing that I don't have. And so I would watch the televangelists thinking, well, this is like going to church. Uh, but I didn't really like internalize you your mom to take you to church. Uh, when I was older. Yeah. I mean, it was complicated because again, my mother was Catholic and my dad was Jewish, but he wasn't really practicing Jew or was, or is, I mean, they both are still, I guess you lived that way your whole life. (laughs) Uh, but my mom like went to Catholic school, Catholic, like she was like, you know, Catholic. And is she still cat cat? Catholic or if that's I mean, too personal a question then you don't have to answer. I, I mean I'm she doesn't curious. I don't believe she attends church uh I believe she is uh I believe the uh, you know she has her spiritual ties to Catholicism my father is not really uh a, doesn't really I would say identifies more uh culturally and ethnically with as a as a Jew than than religiously um and so in my house rather than you know we didn't go to church for that reason. It was just like, it was a time where if you had people from different religions, it was just like, well, uh, I don't know. We pick one or the other. We pick nothing at all. Uh, it wasn't like, Hmm. I think now there are a lot more households where it's like acceptable to combine traditions. 
Uh, but for in, it was a little bit more taboo, I think, in the 80s when I grew up, or at least in the, te- the area, like town that I grew up in. Um, yeah. So I was very fascinated with the church, but wasn't um, particularly like I didn't internalize the things I was hearing on television. It's like I heard stuff on the televangelist and I was like, oh, I should. Like, oh, that's interesting. I should form <laughs> my beliefs around that. I was just like, oh, I was like more fascinated with the spectacle of it. And I thought that's like what a, church was like. It's a show. I mean, I expected church to be like that, that you would go and it would be all flashy and showy like that. And when I found out that it wasn't, I was like, God damn, this is boring. Um, (laughs) So, you know, uh, that was that was pretty much it for me. Um, I didn't know that you you watch that stuff. uh, Yeah, it was like, you know, it was on a bunch of channels and on especially Sunday morning. They all had all those channels everywhere. And I couldn't for the life of me tell you what I saw on them other than it was a lot of spectacle. And, um, you know, well, they have a few scenes in the, in this film that mm-hmm. are, are, have a bit of that, have a bit, show a bit, bit of that where she's singing and there's lots of costumes and set de- decoration and stuff. Is yeah. that kind of what? Yeah. What I mean, like? and they, and they definitely were trying to cater to children at that time of day with their programming. Uh, at the time of day that I would have been watching it, they would have little puppet shows and things. And it's like, oh, it's like watching Sesame Street. Um, I think it was too cynical for those puppet shows. Uh, My kids certainly still enjoyed puppets when they were young. Um, But, you know. um, I mean, it's like throw Mr. Rogers, you know, (laughs) his puppets in, but just give it a religious tone to it and you're, yeah. you're going to watch it. It, it. It's just something different. You pick them up and you're like, Oh, they're puppets and, and you're watching it. And then not realizing it's almost like you don't realize it, that this is religion that that's being taught to you. Yeah. It's yeah. very, uh, under the, it's like propaganda. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it's interesting. That's why I have my own ideas about religion because we grew up Baptist and mm-hmm. I, you know, tell people I'm like, it was the three hour service. You go to Sunday school from like nine to nine 45. And then you go to the service for two hours and they'd mm-hmm. have maybe a guest, um, reverend or guest, you know, preacher mm-hmm. coming in and mm-hmm. then the choir would sing and then you would sing and then maybe some guests would come in and sing and it would just go on. And for did, so did parents, they bring in lunch at some point or like, did they roll in a buffet table? No, Cause I were, feel like I'd get tired after the first two hours and need a snack. You were usually done about, you know, noon. And <laughs> okay. for us, they would give me and my cousin like paper to kind of just draw on during mm-hmm. all that. We had our Bibles, but I was like, I never knew what they were talking about and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Half the time I didn't go to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they always had a poster with all the little gold stars of ones, everybody that had been there. And you you know, didn't have Sunday. a gold star. And I had like one or two random here. Or then they'd be like, we're going to talk about this Bible story. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So even though we were sort of religious, so you guys religious, weren't like we didn't really Baptist or you weren't, you weren't like no. every Sunday, Sunday school. And we would go, and- we would go to church every Sunday, but it would be okay. like they necessarily wouldn't go to. I wouldn't have to go to Sunday school, but okay. we would go to the two-hour church and and very religious. And then at some point, it just it stopped. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very interesting because um, it's like I remember my grandmother. Uh, she was in her fifties when she got baptized there, so I remember going to her baptism. Mm-hmm. And but then it's like it just kind of stopped, and I was like, oh, we're we're not going to church anymore by the way i just want you to know that while you said that i was picturing a, a, an older woman in a bathing suit getting dunked in a very large uh, baptismal tank which i know is not what happened 
Uh, but for some reason, that's what I pictured when you were saying that. Um, there was a little, there was like a little window. <laughs> like if the, if the, the, the stage and, and everything was up here, you know, up front, just think like a theater mm-hmm. up above the top would be a little, almost like a window that would open up mm-hmm. and that's where you would see them stand. And then you'd see them dunk down into a pool, I guess that was in the back there. And then they'd come back up and then they would close the curtain. It was oh very, wow. very theatrical. It was, it was always very wow. interesting, uh, you know, when it came down to it, but just, I just remember going to church and then that was it. But I always remember the the whole gold stars. I'm not getting the gold stars. Like, Let's you know, religion. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Churches have a really nice way of of knowing how to exclude you um, and saying like, you know, like really? you didn't come to school. You didn't come to church enough. So we're not going to give you the gold star. Uh, I was baptized against my will when I was a baby. Yeah. Um, and the, the water burned my skin because I am a demon child. Um, <laughs> so and now I'm picturing <laughs> little Sarah being dunked in a, a tank and smoke just rising. Yes. Um, no, actually, the very first time I had a crying fit was my parents. I was I think I was like 11 weeks old. Mm-hmm. My parents took me to a wedding. Mm-hmm. As soon as I walked over, they took me over the threshold of the church. I started to scream and I hadn't ever screamed like that because before. you were like, listen, just, man, I'm an atheist. Yes, exactly. And- <laughs> well, or the Antichrist. No, just <laughs> <laughs> no um, but yeah, so I grew up um, my parents are not very religious my mm-hmm. mom l- likes the idea of it mm-hmm. but she's also not very religious but we went to church occasionally when I was a little kid but I didn't start going to church until I was in middle school because at that time I wanted to be in a show in middle school like my best friend at the time mm-hmm. belonged to this oh yeah no I like, wanted to be on the softball team uh <laughs> that's why I started going to church Catholic no, church I, I wanted to be on the softball team the rule was like to be in these shows or yeah. this show in particular, you mm-hmm. had to be a member of the church. And so I just started go- going to church and like, I really, that's I my girl. That's a, that's a true group. performer right there. Seriously. You're like, I, I will get this role. Youth group, but the youth group was like group therapy. Mm-hmm. It was like free group ther- therapy. And so for like five years, I had like five, like really stressful years in a person's life, like m- m- middle school and or. Er- er- early high school I had this like weekly group therapy and it was just like oh well that's nice so great that's good and they didn't care that I was an a a a atheist like I I I didn't hide that I wasn't like oh that's very interesting you know shared that and like they were very accepting they were like you don't have to like I went to a a a Methodist church Mm -hmm. and they were just very like open and warm and accepting of everyone and there was no like and there was no like you will be punished if you do this or you will go to hell if you do this. It was more like it was the ther- therapy, basically. That's like that's the, really the positive. I'm glad to hear that. And the youth group. Yeah. I um, you know, I have a really complicated relationship with religion. Um, I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast before, but I didn't know what I'd never he- heard of church until I was about eight years old. Um, there were some friends in the neighborhood who invited me to church. Or at least I didn't know what the concept was. Maybe I had heard the word, but my friends invited me to go to church with them. And I was like, what's, what is church? And they were like flabbergasted. They were shocked. They were like, uh, it's where you go to talk about Jesus and how much he loves you. And I was like, who's Jesus? And they were like, and, and that's when their mom got involved. And there was, she was like, why don't you go home and ask your mom about this stuff, honey? Are you serious? Um, yes. Well, because I think she didn't want 
them. She, they wanted, she, it was actually, she, what she wanted was for my mom to explain it to me. And did she know that your mom was cr- cr- Christian? What, what, yes. What I mean, your mom they were friends. Jewish, they were friends. Jewish. They were friends. Yeah. And, and this was these, these, this group of friends were Catholic and my mother was Catholic. And so like, I think she was like, why don't you go home and ask your mom? And she wanted me to talk to my mom about it rather than find out about it from the neighbor kids. Um, so the last thing you want to do is find out about Jesus from, from, from the, neighbor. on the streets, like on a commoner. <laughs> uh, and then from that moment on, the entire neighborhood was like trying to get my sister and I to go to church. They were trying to save our souls. They were giving us Bibles. Um, uh, and, uh, I always, I think at the time, and this goes back to why I was watching these televangelist shows, I think what I wanted was the belonging. It was like a club that I couldn't join, and I wanted that belonging. And I think now what I really, what I like about religion is, I, or even Catholicism is, I like the ritual. I love, I like rituals. I like the smell of old Bibles. I like the smell of the incense. I like the co- the, 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 fa- the ornate costumes. But when I sat in that, those pews, I never, I didn't feel like I belonged there. Like what, what was being said to me, uh, it just generally never felt, it always felt false to me. And that's when I realized like this really just isn't for me. Like this doesn't speak to me or my life or my worldview. Um, and I'm glad that religion brings order to people's lives and comfort to them. I think that is a positive thing. And I think it's a positive thing to have belonging. It's just, uh, I, it was just not something in that type of environment. It just didn't work for me. Yeah. And I I agree with you on that. I I think it brings people together. It, it does create good. You know, a lot of people then come together and they help families. Mm -hmm. It's, and, and give that up for a lot of people, that feeling of belonging and being a part of something. But then there's that other side of religion that really, you know, does prey into that of people wanting to feel a part of something so much that you start to exclude other people. You know, we get into that yeah. part of religion where we are also using religion then to condemn people when yes. really it should be to support people and to be good. And then all of a sudden we get that. Yeah. But you're going to go to hell uh, or to believe in this or, or, or to manipulate people, which is what, yeah. what happens in this movie. And we haven't even yeah. gotten into the movie yet. So mm-hmm. let's, uh, and let's get into one. the whole televangelist nice part. About, of, of oh that. no, this, yeah. I think the, all of this was a good warm up. Uh, I think we needed to talk about this stuff to get there, but now let's just get, let's get right into talking about the eyes of Tammy Faye. The house is a mess, Jack. The kitchen is a mess, Jack. You're a mess, Jack. You have been a total bitch ever since you came to New York. You seem sort of distant. Let's just do it, man. You look stupid and rich. Stupid and stupid and rich. Fascist. All right, let's get into it. These eyes. Uh, the eyes of tammy faye uh 2021 i guess i mean it's been on the festival circuit but uh directed by michael showalter um and then of course starring jessica chastain and andrew garfield god those two i mean especially jessica chastain he did a good job too did you guys did you guys like this movie 100 percent, yes yes it was yeah. excellent. It was really good. Um, it was a wild ride. Um, I immediately got in the car and started taking notes. Um, and my first note here is Jessica Chastain deserves all the awards. Mm-hmm. Um, she really disappeared. I was blown Girl. away at the e- the ending. Like Sarah and I just turned to each other and we were like, "Holy shit! Wow." Um. 
I don't know. Where do you guys want to start with talking about this? I mean, I feel like we just we started talking about religion. That was kind of where we got let came from right before we got into this. But well, how about how it starts? Like how yeah. they meet? Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, no, no! It's a, it starts with her being a kid. She's a kid, um, and again, it's that belonging. Like she wants mm-hmm. to come to church, but her mother won't let her because I guess she's from a, a, fir- a former marriage. Mm-hmm. And so the other kids or are allowed not. to go to church. She might not be from a former marriage. She That's true. Be, uh, I don't like to use the word. Um, you know what uh, I mean? The, uh, the not, B word? Yeah. So yeah. her father, all we know is the father is not in the picture anymore. Yeah. And the mother is now remarried. Loved her husband, by the way. The stepdad was awesome. Uh, I, I remember that actor from Lost. He was the, F, the, the, the FBI agent or whatever that was tracking Kate. Uh, who was on the run and lost, and I hadn't seen he him in a while. Also, he was really the good. De- the the demon with the yellow eyes in Supernatural that show. Oh, but here he was playing like a fatherly, like kind figure, and I really, yeah. I was suspicious. I was waiting for him to be a jerk, but he was like, he was, was a really supportive until the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so they, uh, they. I guess we could call this a Pentecostal church, maybe? That's the speaking in ton- tongues kind of church, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess, is that Pentecostal, or the speaking in tongues? I was thinking, you know, the snake handler, kind of, yeah. you know, that, that sort of church. And it was very interesting that I thought th- the, you know, her mother didn't, didn't want her to be there. And I was like, is it because of the church that she was mm-hmm. there? And then, of course, she says, it's because you're from before, or because she's divorced, and you're going to remind people of my, my marriage, which is why I thought she might've been from the first yeah. you know, marriage. But, you know, her, her, her mother's character was very interesting because you thought at first she wasn't going to be very supportive of her. And then even for some of the previews, it was mm-hmm. like, she didn't like what she was doing, but she was still, it's like she wanted her to be religious, but not. Well, she, I think what her, I think way. her mother was the sort of closed, emotionally closed off, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I would say her mother was not very supportive. She definitely uh, was not open with affection. She was very critical. She wasn't wrong uh, some of the time. Like her mother knew that there was something fishy about what Tammy Faye and Jim were doing with all that money. But yeah. yet eventually she did uh, allow herself to indulge in it. Um, and uh, I think that I think her I think her mother I think what Tammy Faye wanted was love and affection and adoration, and she was not getting it at home. That's what I think. Uh, but uh, Cherry Jones playing the mother, ex- also excellent. She was Amazing. really great. But you really did not like her char- char- character. I, you know, I definitely didn't, but there were moments like when after, I don't, I guess we're going to, I don't, I hope you guys don't mind if we jump around a bit, but when Tammy Faye overdoses on the pills and her mother is like, you know, it's not your time yet. I don't want you to go. Uh, And they have that talk and she kind of really like as much as she can confesses her sort of feelings about Tammy Faye and how much she cares about her. That was a really poignant scene. Uh, I thought it was really played beautifully. And the fact that her mom always hung on to that coat, um, that was really nice touch. I thought that was a really interesting character. Um, I don't know, Sarah, did you have anything else you wanted to say about her mom? Um, Yeah, I just, I like love and affection. Mm -hmm. And so it always makes me sad when I don't see someone who's in that position, like the mom, the dad, 
the partner um, who's not showing their person mm-hmm. um, enough love and affection. But I guess mm-hmm. her mom did care about her in her own way. Mm-hmm. But their 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 love language just did not match. I don't know what her mom's love language was. Uh, I couldn't pinpoint that, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I th- I think that her mom maybe was not used to getting, maybe her mom wasn't used to getting affection either, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about Jim and Tammy Faye? They're kind of the central figures of this movie. Uh, so my note is religion is how you end up getting married just so you can get a hand job. Uh, because that was like, uh, I, it was like, okay, so they meet, they like each other, they hit it off and they're making out. And now next thing you know, they're married. Yeah. Um, and she's giving them a handy in the bathtub. Yeah. And so that probably did happen a lot. Um, I think you know, so, for married, sure. Because if not, that way you don't go, that way you don't go to hell. You know, let's let's get married. Yeah, and back then it wasn't it as big of like, a deal for it, like mar- mar- marriage. But like in all the 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 films I've seen from back then, it was a very like I want to have kids, I want to have someone support me, or I want to support someone, um, and this is just what you do. And it's like the first guy you see who were fit, who would like could have kids with you or that you like in some way, you like the way they look, you like their voice, you like mm-hmm. something. You want to give them job. a handy in the bathtub. Um, that was it. That was it. There was no deep, deeper, like, can you imagine though? Can you imagine getting married to someone to, to tying yourself to them for the rest of your life? Because you're horny? Can you imagine in the the height of horniness making that decision? Because I got to tell you. I've never been that horny. <laughs> I got to tell you, if that was the way I lived my life, I would have made some very poor decisions. Very poor. Yeah. You would have married And then the fact that you can't times. get divorced. I would have married. You know, you've, got mm-hmm. that, you've got that against you where you're like, but now I, I can't be divorced because that's, of course, looked down upon in the church, you know? And well, it's like. It's and this is something they touch on a bit in the movie. I think uh, it's about like this whole, uh, and this is one of my big cons- my uh, big issues with the Christian religion is the whole patriarchal nature of it, where like the man is in charge and the woman is, you know, uh, in this in this uh, time period, women didn't have very many options in America in a very in a, a predominantly sort of Christian country uh, where most people were going to church and were indoctrinated with this sort of, you know, even if women go to college, it's really just to meet a husband and, you know, they're supposed to get married young and have children and that's their life. And like, I am a mother. I have children. I uh, I took several I took a, a, almost a decade off of actively being in my career to raise my children, uh, so I don't think that there is something inherently wrong with that. But the lack of choice and the you know not giving men a choice either, like maybe not all men want to, maybe some men want to be caregivers. Uh, Maybe not all men want the pressure of providing financially for their family or having to be in a job that they don't even like that much because of the pressure of providing for their family. Like, I think it doesn't help anyone. People don't want kids. And that too. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, not to, to mention the like- heteronormativeness of it all. Uh, which is, I think, something that comes around later in the film when we discover that Jim is likely gay and is that's probably why that he's or at least by um, he's having relationships potentially with men. And, you know, there's problems between him and Tammy Faye in the bedroom department and that maybe he's had to repress himself and who he really is because of, you know, who, you know, his career and religion and all of that stuck in the same this he gets trapped in the same thing you know yes Uh, well i have to get married because i have to have a a wife and a family Mm -hmm. and i can do this and it's like sure Mm -hmm. i can do this and then you realize you know oh i i can't so of course you know he you know that's some of the the aspects about this movie where you know it really was a little bit of that typical you know she's not getting the love here and then she Mm -hmm. gets involved in marriage and she wants to be married but here the guy cheats on her uh you know men don't she's got to be the woman that comes in and and joins the men's club you know there was that yeah it was almost very cliche mm-hmm. of the story of like is this mm-hmm. you know if i was putting a story together and be like okay she's got to come in and she's gonna be the the one loud mouth woman who's coming in and saying mm-hmm. i'm really gonna do this and then oh she gets cheated on and it's just did does she though i mean she does later but like i think it was unclear as to who cheated on who first um i think it's clear that he has an attraction and maybe a relationship with a guy who's running the show uh the jim baker his jim bakers but they they, it it was like i don't know if the movie decided not to sure but did they cross the line the same side of sort of line that she crossed. I don't know that the movie confirms or denies that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I wouldn't put it past someone in that time period to accuse a woman of being a cheater, even though they had done it themselves and just didn't want to admit it. You know, I wouldn't put it past them, but according to him, he didn't try cheat on her until she had cheated on him. That's what he says. I'm just pointing out what yeah, the story in, tells in the us. And, and then even when you watch it in the movie, it was like, she, what was interesting because I also looked up, you know, what really happened against, mm-hmm. you know, what was in the documentary. But, mm-hmm. you know, like when he finds out and she's upset, you know, if she has the baby, which that scene apparently that was something that was for the for the movie of when he tells her, yeah, you, you know, you did this and makes her feel really bad. And I'm like, all she did was that she she kissed him. She mm-hmm. kissed the, this other person and that was it. She didn't have sex with him. She didn't. No, it was a little just a know, hard, you know? little harmless dry humping, but just a little dry humping, said, you know, and then he even stopped it. But it was like didn't say anything but then he later on you know when you find out he's like oh well i i cheated he did he went all the well, way what he did was much worse and also did. i and it was worse yeah and she never said it was not like i didn't do that i didn't we didn't have that we we can you know i was thinking you're just kind of you you right but to her that is i mean to it was her, wrong for in her, that it right but in that now. i think in that community kissing another man would be the same almost oh, the yeah. same as having sex but also but i would know, like your thought I would like to point out that if my husband dry humped a woman uh, in a recording studio, I would be furious, uh, fucking furious. So I, I just going to put that out there. Um, you know, uh, do we like Jim and Tammy Faye together? You don't let's talk about that. I just don't like Jim. You don't, Um, what is it you don't like about him though? Uh, I don't like his personality. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's, uh, I don't know. I don't know why I don't, I don't know. He just, he kind of creeps me out. Like his mm-hmm. mentality, the way mm-hmm. he seems kind of 
not very genuine. Like he talks mm, in fair. like a sing songy, mm-hmm. always with a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Um, so he seems fake to you. He seems fake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Brandon? Um, yeah. You know, I'm trying to say he's not weak, but. I think he's a bit weak. When you, when you look at when you look at um, Jimmy Swaggart and Jerry Falwell mm-hmm. and all the rest of them, it's like he oh, was sort gosh. of that hanger on of of trying to be like be like them. But he just he he wasn't. He didn't have that particular kind of personality. But he was still kind of not skeevy, but just you would be like, be a man. Come on, step up, support your wife. You just they also seemed. It was almost they, like they both seemed. I'm sorry. I, I no no no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, they both seem like kids, like big yes. kids. Like throughout yeah, the entire the entire film, they both just seemed like immature and like em- emotionally, I guess. And maybe in a world where everyone's allowed to be themselves, Jim would have been a less dominant person who didn't feel like he needed to be. Like, not every man has to be aggressive or dominant like men don't have to be like that in the in the world that in the world of toxic masculinity they do uh but in a world where we can be ourselves and tammy faye can be the more dominant person i think that that work that dynamic works because jim follows her lead it was just not socially acceptable for him to do so uh Mm -hmm. now to sarah's point I wonder what you'll think about this, Sarah, but as I was watching it, I began to think about another movie we watched for a different podcast called While We're Young, and I was thinking about Adam Driver's character, Jamie, and I can't remember what Amanda Amanda Siegfried's character, Siegfried's character was named, but remember the artsy couple in Noah Bombeck's While We're Young and how they're like charismatic and fun to be around, but ultimately very shallow and manipulative, and they only think about themselves? That's what I mm-hmm. felt about Jim and Tammy Faye. They reminded yeah. me of the religious couple version of that couple from While We're Young, where mm-hmm. where the two of them, it was like two people who are so incredibly selfish who met each other and immediately were like just this explosive atomic bomb of selfishness. Like they found the right person to help them build their fucked up empire. Like we may like, yes, Jim is a little schmarmy. He is definitely not uh, maybe a little bit lacking in backbone. Um, but also I would, what I say, what I do like about him is that he was not afraid to defer to Tammy Faye. Like he, obviously he didn't seem to do it in public, but in private mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, that's a good idea. You're right. Let's do that. Like he wasn't like, I'm the man and we're not going to do it because I say so. Like he knew that Tammy Faye had the good ideas and he knew that she knew how to make their like raise their stature. He knew that and he went along with it. And so that is something that I applaud him for doing actually. Um, and again, I'm talking about the character of Jim Baker, not the real person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found them to be, I, I'm trying to remember what, let me get that, the note out that I actually wrote about this. Um, uh, Greed versus caring about other people. So they seemed to care, both care very deeply about others while also being incredibly selfish. Like mm-hmm. everything they said they were doing for other people, it it was always also all, all about them. Like yeah. they, like Tammy Faye genuinely seemed to want to help people. Like that seemed to be something she really cared about. And Jim also seemed to care very about much about his flock or his partners or whatever he called them. But they're so blinded by 
their like what they believe they've been chosen for this mission, that they're not seeing all the ways that they're actually hurting those people by taking their money. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's that's what they, I saw they, about the two of them. Yeah, because they talk about that. And that's one thing that I was thinking is that Tammy Faye, what, what it showed me here was almost that she cared about people. That's That was her number one thing, you know. And then, you know, Jim was able to, to give her that when they were together by, she was like, oh, you know, he's creating, helping to create the empire so that she can reach people. Mm-hmm. And she kind of sees that's what they're doing. But he starts to veer off and it becomes this, like very early on, I started to realize even this whole televangelist world, how it's very corporate. You know, Jim yeah. Falwell doesn't, is like, I'm going to stay up here. Oh, Jim Baker's coming up. How, what can I do to keep him down? Because, or I'm going to take over his show, mm-hmm. you know, or try to get him out. So that way I stay at the top. And it all became about this money. And that's where politics like, and the yeah. there's the fault with it. Even at one point, you know, Tammy Faye says, we shouldn't be involved in pot. Why are religion? Mm-hmm. Why are you mixing the two? We shouldn't mm-hmm. be involved in. And they look at her like she's crazy mm-hmm. because the church always gets involved in politics mm-hmm. and, and the money. And, you know, at one point she says like the two lines that stick out where, you know, at one point she says, we're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is that a question? Yeah. 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 Like something. And, then, well. and then at the very, you know, at the end, he says something which I was, I kind of felt like, oh, he's almost repenting a little bit, but I'm like, I don't think you would really say this, but something of like, were we only, what, what was it? Something like, are we only helping the rich people? Were we only answering the- Oh, the I think what he said rich? was, did, are we teaching people like that. that being poor means that they're not oh. loved by God or that they're not, yeah, that's, something like that. Yeah. Are we teaching them that that if you're poor, you're unworthy? Something like yeah. that. If you can't give us money, because that's mm-hmm. that's where the whole thing of televangelism, yeah. you know, and give us money and you'll go to heaven or we'll mm-hmm. answer your prayer. And yeah. You have money, then to, and that's where it's like, how, I, well, how do you not see that? How do you not see that that's wrong? Especially if you're a religious person to, you know, that's why even now I don't want to get off the, the subject mm-hmm. of the movie, but even, you know, um, Oh, who's, you know, the big televangelist now, I need to have a jet and I need to have this. And mm-hmm. I got this whole discussion with, with Danny about it of like, well, they're all, they're paid from the fund that people, you know, put in. So yeah. should they take a salary and what should uh, someone's salary be that is reaching people? And I'm like, I, there's a perception there, you know, um, Joel Osteen makes, he's like, oh, I don't take a salary, but what he's doing allows him to write books, do press releases do well he probably learned a thing or two from jim and jim's like you know, <laughs> he's like i'm not taking that money uh but i'll take this yeah. money um yeah. i'm not gonna do a jim baker business, but, <laughs> but that's where at the end i was almost like really no i i don't see him feeling that way but it was a great line and it really right home as to what was going on but also- that's what i really felt about them is that tammy just wanted to do good and then because it's almost like building into that lie. God is giving us all of this good stuff. Mm-hmm. We're getting all of this money from God. So and that par- part of it is that manifest stuff. destiny bullshit, you yeah. know? And you and then you have to think, you're like, am I really getting this money from God? But because but Tammy's not absolved here. Like Jim oh. Tammy wanted to be in the spotlight. Like she wanted to be a celebrity. I'm sorry, Sarah, what were you gonna say? Oh, um about Tammy, I think maybe. Uh the um uh oh yeah both of them being they both seemed kind of oblivious 
oblivious to mm-hmm. what the, what they were doing was wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't that they were yes. like, "Oh, we're doing this bad thing," and we're trying. Shh. No, you they know, were it like, was more like ah, we're doing a fine thing, right? It's okay. Maybe yeah. just a little corrupt. Yeah. Um, the yeah. scene where Jim loses the car is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I think it really sets up that dynamic really beautifully where they walk out of the hotel room and Jim has clearly purchased this car that's beyond their means and it gets repossessed or stolen or something. And Jim is just so bad with money immediately that he can't even hold on to their car. And yeah. the way that he just crumbles and Tammy Faye is like trying to figure out like, okay, how are we going to get out of this? And then an opportunity just presents itself like right that second to swoop this sort of yeah. deus machina, uh, you know, yeah. opportunity that brings them to the network. Um, I yeah, think that that's like that scene that I'm was, like, well, yeah, but this whole real. movie was really happen. probably not, but this is, this whole movie was like this. It was yeah. a bit of a fantasy, I think. Uh, yeah. In fact, I would like to talk about the what is the tone of this movie? Like, what is the tone of this movie? Because it's not a, it's not grounded in reality necessarily, but it's also it's like, not like magic. It's not like a net. It's like, uh, it's like drama. It's, it's drama, but it's like, but it also weird. felt comedic at times. Like it was like, it wasn't making fun of them necessarily, but the tone seemed satirical to me as well. It was like kind of like gawking or absurdist, at maybe people absurdist. Yeah, it was like we were it like was a little absurd. It was like, and I don't mean absurd yeah. like foolish. I mean that it was, and and I think this is Michael Showalter's style. If you're familiar with his comedy, um, it had a tinge of absurdity to it, mm-hmm. like you know. Things are not quite right. Uh, mm. These folks are not quite right. Yeah. Um, but also, I think there was an attempt to portray Tammy with humanity and say this was a human being and not just a clown with clown makeup on. And I think that's why they started the movie with her talking about her makeup. They're like, let's just get this out of the fucking way and talk about the makeup. And uh, at, because it started in the past and we sort of slowly worked our way back up to the makeup. At that point, we got to know the person underneath the mask. I feel like a little bit more. I will say that she was a little bit nuts. Like mm-hmm. the way that Jessica Chastain portrayed her, mm-hmm. it was, it, it wasn't as if Jessica Chastain was making fun of her, mm-hmm. but it was very like obvious that the people who were making the film were like, this woman is bizarre a bit yeah a bit but i i do really think here's and and i'm gonna again i hate to keep just like reading off my notes word for word here but one of the things i said in my notes was uh wait where is it oh no where is it i deleted it (laughs) fuck oh i didn't think i'd end up rooting for tammy faye but here we are Mm. like I could not help but feel for her like it's partly Jessica Chastain's performance but also the way the movie was written that yes Tammy Faye is self-serving and yes she uses uh yes she's kind of misguided and uses religion uh and prayer to basically say whatever it is that she wants it to say (laughs) at the time that's most convenient for her um and yes she's a bit materialistic and maybe even 
naive, uh, all those things. But also her unending optimism, like the way that people kept knocking her down and knocking her down and knocking her down. And she would just put that smile on her face and, and decide I'm not going to let them bring me down. When the boys are making fun of her outside the apartment, when she's like at her lowest, you know, after she's now she's living in this apartment, her ex-husband's in jail, you know, she, the boys are making fun of her and she walks up to them and she's like, hi, I'm Tammy Faye and you can make fun of me, but you got to shake my hand first, you know, like that, that's that's fucking ballsy. Like that is brave to me. Yeah, totally. Well, that's you know? what she did too. You know, that's what they portrayed. Like she would go out and and do those things. You know, talk to people. Like she had the 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 one little segment where she talked about the penile implant, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. would be like, what? Who would do that? But she was like, people, <laughs> and that's not thing, something people talked this. about in the eighties. No one talked about like, that stuff. Exactly. But she was like, this needs, this is important. Someone is suffering from this. So we need to, we're going to put it out there. Uh, I'm you know, talking to the gay has man. The interview with, with, with the gay, with, the gay pest. Yeah. And that the, was Jerry Falwell, I think was watching. They're like, what is she doing? What's this? And whatever, we can't watch this. You know, he leaves, but yeah, to talk to, a, uh, to, to talk to someone, to talk and, to a homosexual man with HIV and, 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 with, and not to, you know, judge him and to be, to be loving towards him. Like that is, that was just not something that people did in the 1980s. They did not. Um, and I think that really gave her that humanity that you're mm-hmm. kind of talking about of watching it yeah. where, okay, yeah, this person might be uh, eccentric and do all of these other things and mm-hmm. not necessarily be, she might be misguided in what she's thinking, but she's mm-hmm. still like, but I'm getting all of this so that I can do good. I still want to do good. And it's almost that, dichotomy of going well god you were kind of so strange but you really were trying to do something good you just got mixed up in the wrong sort of caught up in the wrong situation or what she wanted and how much she wanted it overshadowed perhaps what maybe the right thing to do was yeah you know we can do that Uh, you know i can get these things and that's fine because i'm still doing these these good things i want to be a singer so i'm I'm balancing out the scales (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I'm doing this, but here, like she even said, you know, her mother was like, I don't want this coat. This too. Said, no, it's so, it's almost, almost, it was almost like, I don't want this money for this coat. I don't want you. Of what you're doing. You know, I, I don't f- want it. And eventually taking it. And she was like, go, you know, take it mother. We, we deserve it because we're doing all of this. I, I think it's, it's interesting, it's Sarah, that you read that, that you read that her rejection of the coat was a rejection of Tammy Faye. I read it more as her mother was not never allowed herself to enjoy the pleasures of earth uh that she didn't allow herself anything enjoyable like everything was so sour like i i can't enjoy love i can't enjoy probably i can't enjoy sex i can't enjoy this coat um and whereas tammy faye was like i'm going to have a bed the softest bed you know in the universe i'm going to have like this luxurious house i'm going to have a room just for relaxing uh, and 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 I deserve to have nice things. And I think that was to me, that's the way I read it was that her mother just had trouble allowing herself to enjoy things. I think that's true, but I think she also disapproved that ta- ta- disapproved of Tammy that she allowed herself to like she was like mm-hmm. she was simultaneously not allowing herself to enjoy it and and judging Tammy Faye for allowing herself to en- enjoy those things. And like a good religious woman, a good Christian woman would not enjoy that kind of stuff that would didn't wouldn't need those kind of pleasures. 
Um, yeah, that's sinful. You're you're being opulent. Yeah. Yes. Or, you know. God, you religion. Man. What a drag, you guys. What I'm a so fucking sinful. drag. <laughs> I'm so sinful with my opulent. I mean, house. Um. Okay. Anything. What should we talk about next? I feel like we've covered a lot of stuff. Um. So, I did want to also say that I. I, again, I like that the movie goes into like it shows us. I think it shows us like how religion can be used can be used as a corrupting kind of controlling thing, and how people like Jerry Falwell, by the way, great villain, what a great fucking villain, um, real life villain, real life villain, portrayed uh, perfectly as a villain in this movie. Um, like the way that Jerry Falwell is like. A fucking he's like the fucking emperor from Star Wars or some shit. Uh, he's like a fully on the dark side, you know. There's that kind of view of religion and how it's a corrupting force. But then, like, there's also this idea. I think that if you are that for for Tammy, religion also means never being alone or never feeling lonely. Like, as long as she can talk to God and pray, like she doesn't. She always feels like she's got somebody has her back, and there's something really comforting about that. And I and I see that. Uh, I also really like that we saw this sort of side of like, you know, why, again, like you said, like, why get involved in politics? And, you know, like, why are we not embracing, you know, LGBTQ people? They, uh, God doesn't make mistakes. Like, all of that, like, really kind of challenged some of my viewpoints of, like, what people in that community think. Uh, And I know that there are people in the community, that religious community like that, but they're just... Don't seem to be many. Uh, to Was me. she the first one who said God, God doesn't make mistakes? She said or, that at the buffet, at the big buffet no, uh, when she was holding the baby. In, in our in our culture. Oh Did no, I don't think so. Or, no, okay. Uh, I think that uh, I'm sure that people have been saying, it, but basically what she was saying is that you know God cre- because God created them, uh, that's how they are, and God doesn't make mistakes. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, if, if only there were more people in the community like that. <laughs> Uh, welcome to Plug It Up. Uh, this is the part of the show where we uh, talk about the things that we're working on and our guests are working on. Um, Brandon, would you like to go first? What would you like to plug? I would like to plug uh, on stage Atlanta. I'm going to be doing Tuna Christmas. <gasps> that sounds them. exciting. Uh, depending on when this comes out, it's going to open, uh, I think, a week or two after Thanksgiving. So it'll mm-hmm. run the end of November through December. This is the first time that, uh, you know, I'm learning stuff now, but I'm playing 10 different characters because it's just two, two people. Wow. So really working, working with Critical Crop Top and doing all of our sketch comedy has yeah. come in wonderfully because these are like sketches and I have to play all these different characters and learn so all these fun. lines. It's crazy, but it's going to be really fun. Um, so I would like to plug that. That's going to be in their new studio space Ooh. there. And it's also running the same time as Willy Wonka. Okay. Uh, which will be on their main stage. So for Christmas, you know, December, come on out to On Stage Atlanta and see Chris or Tuna Christmas and then, you know, Willy Wonka. But Fun. I would really love to come out and see um, Tuna Christmas because there's a lot of work that's going to go into that. We only have a very short rehearsal period. So. Sure. Well, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing it. Sarah and I will have to come see that. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So Tuna Christmas at On Stage Atlanta. Um, Sarah. What would you like to plug? Um, you've got your you've I, got your Instagram account. Oh, we don't have to pl- plug that. Yes, that, we that every do. Time. Yes, we do. 
How else are people going to find out about it? Uh, I think we should definitely plug it. Um, so I have a new Instagram account that's a, a, a body pop, 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 positivity, clothing, makeup kind of account where I post like pictures of me with fun makeup that I don't do for this podcast anymore because it's too late in the day for me. I know it's your bedtime. Um, you literally take the headphones off and then just roll right into your uh, bed. It's after my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what's um, what's and what's and, that account? Um, it's Hedgehodges underscore Bodpaws. So that's H E D G E H O D G E S underscore B O D P O S. Nice. Um, it's a long name, but it's just it's my personality plus bod pause um and um i post things that are not not just current hair and, and not hair i don't i don't do hair i'm sorry um th- this is this is what 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 you get Your hair I air is dry gorgeous. My, my hair you've got the hair of a goddess oh thank you um but uh it's current photos but also some pictures from my past uh and talking about how i dealt with any an eating disorder for 10 years and mm-hmm. just had lots of weird bo- body dysmorphia. And then I gained a ton of weight because of an illness I, I got. And then I had to like, I became plus size and it was like my big, biggest fear of my whole life was like, it came true. And so, I don't know. It's just the source story of, of that. A journey um, of self love. Yes. I love it. It's great. Awesome. It's a great account. So uh, check that out. Oh, uh, Hedge Hodges, Hodges underscore body pause. Um, right. I so I have got uh, so a couple things I'd like to plug. Um, all three of us were involved in the critical crop top sketch comedy web show, which all uh, which we shot virtually during the pandemic. Uh, all episodes of that are now available on our YouTube channel, uh, Critical Crop Top. Um, you can also uh, find uh, us Critical Crop Top on all the things at Critical Crop Top, and uh, you can listen to Sarah and I on our other podcast where we talk about Adam Driver and Andy Samberg movies. Um, we're about to go and in, get into a doozy. Uh, we're going to be watching uh, the Last Duel. That's going to be the next one that we do, um, and so that is the Adam and Andy podcast, uh, which spun off from this show. Um, at Adam and Andy podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Adam Andy pod on Twitter. And of course uh, you can find this podcast. You can argue with us about the eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, tell us or, or tell us you agreed. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, <laughs> Sarah Lee, you look like you're about to say something. <laughs> uh, at feminine mistake pod agree with sarah only uh argue with the rest of us uh (laughs) at feminine mistake pod on facebook and instagram and uh on twitter at fem mistake pod um brandon thank you for joining us uh brandon will be back with us for part two uh this was we've been through one half of our discussion of tammy faye come back in two weeks, because uh, we do the show twice a month, and we will be um, talking uh, more about the eyes of Tammy Faye. So, Brandon, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, it's such a good movie. Uh, we got you out of the witchy box. We got you out of the witchy, witchy box. box. Yeah. Um, all right. So, listeners, come back and join us. Uh, and next time, we'll be we'll continue our discussion about the eyes of Tammy Faye. <laughs>